0: The quest for 28 begins on Thursday. Spring training is over. It's time for the baseball that counts. The Yankees return to the Bronx to begin the 2021 regular season. Is this team ready to win it all? What could hold them back? We'll give an in-depth season preview and make predictions as the post Ken Davidoff joins us. Speaking of championships, a key member that won their last one back in 2009 will join the show. Let's get Swishalicious. The always charismatic Nick Swisher joins us. Lots to do, so let's get our season preview edition of the Pinstripe Pod started next from the New York Post.
1: Oh here's a Pinstripe Pod. New York Post. you the Yankees. Pinstripe Pod.
0: Hello and welcome back to the special season preview of the Pinstripe Pod, our Yankees podcast with the New York Post. It's Chris Shearn here with four-time World Series champion Yankees great Jeff Nelson. You can follow me on Twitter after a brief respite to, to reset my brain, at Chris Sheeran, yes? And Nelly is at NYNelly43 and Instagram as well. He's getting very active over there on Instagram at Jeff.Nelson43. You'll hear our producer, Jake Brown, pop in throughout the show. We'll chat later in the show with the post Ken Davidoff as we give our predictions for the 2021 Yankees. And we also chat with 2009 World Series champion Nick Swisher. Of course, the Yankees outfielder when Xavier Nady went down, Nick Swisher was the man in right field for that 2009 title team. So we'll hear from Swisher as well. So be sure to be on your volume because you're going to have to adjust that as we talk to Nick in the show. But first, we welcome in four-time World Series champion, of course, my co-host, Jeff Nelson. Nelly, welcome back. Great job, by the way, on the radio with Ricky Ricardo. Great to hear your voice during Yankee games, pal.
2: Oh, it was fun. I mean, you were at a game. I mean, how fun was that? You got to see fans and you actually got to see live baseball instead of on a monitor. So it was a great time.
0: Yeah that has to be that has to be something uh, very normal, being at a park and watching a game and calling it, and not having to rely on a monitor or see where the ball is going. And we're going to be doing that starting on uh Thursday, opening day, April first. There's no April Fools this Thursday when it comes to the Major League Baseball season. We'll be opening up. The Yankees will be in the Bronx taking on the Blue Jays. And the first thing I want to talk to you about, Nelly, about this 2021 team is the bullpen. Of course, uh, you are out there on four World Series championship teams. It looks like. They're deep again out there, despite the loss of Justin Wilson. Potentially, we still don't know the extent of his injury. He's going to throw again as we record this on Monday. And if all goes well, he could be added to the roster. But the bullpen looks pretty solid, does it not?
2: It does. You know, with me, it's just uh, you look at the starters – and, you okay, who's going to be the innings eaters? Obviously, Cole is going to be one of those guys who's going to eat in, innings. And hopefully, Herman does as well. Because in the beginning, especially early in the season, the pitch count really comes into play. And who are the, who are going to be those innings eaters out of the bullpen as far as those middle guys to get the setup guys? Is it going to be Sessa? You have Loisaga down there, who I really love his arm and he and had a pretty decent spring. Uh, Nick Nelson can throw multiple innings. Does Michael King make it? as a swing guy, and give you those innings out of the bullpen. Because without Britton, he's not going to be back till middle of May, end of May, probably. That's a big loss down there. In the first two games, which is only the first two games, you're not going to have Chapman because of the suspension. So that means everybody slides back just a little bit. Chad Green becomes more important. And he had a semi-rough spring. I'm not really worried about the numbers. But I do like their bullpen. It's always been a strength. Uh, I just think this year, I think those middle guys, those six, seven, five, six, seven guys are going to become even more important with Tyone and also Kluber not being at full strength or at least pitch count wise going into the beginning of the season.
0: Yeah, they have some depth at the alternate site and at AAA, so I'm not too worried about it either. Uh, The depth is something that Yankee fans could be very happy about. I want to touch on something about the rotation though, something that you just brought up and guys that could be inning eaters. Uh, Garrett Cole definitely, Domingo Herman, of course, didn't pitch the end of 2019 all of last year because of his suspension so, He might be able to give you that extra oomph you need every uh, fifth day for Aaron Boone. But what I am very curious to see, and what I'm very excited to see develop throughout the season, Nelly, and I want to get your thoughts on him as well, Jordan Montgomery. We we talk about Kluber, we talk about Tyone and the question marks they are, but Montgomery had a decent spring, and I know we don't like to look at the numbers of spring, but he seemed very confident. You saw it in him too. I'm hoping that he doesn't go deep into counts and, and, and bring up that pitch count total because I think he's somebody else who could go deep into games this season this could be this year to me, Nelly could be Montgomery's coming out party.
2: Yeah, you know, he's got a terrific arm. The only lefty in the rotation, which, you know, which is good. You know, I, I don't like a whole lot of lefties in in starting rotations. It's just to, you know, get seen too many times by the offense. But I really love his arm. And you mentioned confidence-wise. He had a great spring, so he can carry that confidence-wise into his start. And it's going to be, he's going to be the fourth starter. So most likely, you know, without the rain or anything, any kind of weather in New York, it's going to be against the Orioles. But I think you're right. I think he could be a really key member in this uh, starting rotation. He's got a great arm. He's got a lot of confidence. He's got some experience under his belt. Uh, You mentioned Cole Hermann, and you're right. He could be that guy that could give you six or seven every time, as long as he keeps that pitch count down. Then he can give you and give you some length in that rotation. I I really like his stuff. And being that fourth guy, he does it. There's not, I think the pressure's off just a little bit. And he gets to learn from some veterans. I mean, Kluber. Kluber is a veteran guy that can really help out some of these young pitchers like Montgomery. I don't care if he's right handed or not and then not left handed. You have Cole, you have Tyone. Even Tyone's a young guy, he still has some experience. That really benefits a guy like Montgomery.
0: Yeah, we're going to we're gonna hope to have CC Sabathia on soon on this podcast. And I want to pick his brain on Montgomery, too, because he's texting him, Andy Pettit's texting him. He could definitely be a huge part. And and like I said, this could be his coming out party. Uh, if he does keep the pitch count low and stays in games a little longer, it's going to help that Yankees bullpen keep them fresh. And they're going to start uh, a six-man rotation. They're going to skip Tyone the first time through. Nelly, I just want to get your thoughts on what you think of how Aaron Boone is handling this, especially in April where he said they're going to space guys out. They're going to keep Cole, looks like, on five days, but everybody else, they're going to juxtapose them in order to get some guys some extra time off. And I think that's a good way to do things, especially early in the season. You don't want to run guys out there every fifth day, especially guys that like Kluber and Tyone, who's coming off his second, Tommy John, and Kluber who threw one inning last year. You don't want to run them out there every fifth day and start getting their innings up.
2: Right. I mean, it's not a six-man. They're just bringing... Cole back on his regular right, day's rest, right, right. And, and and they're just leaving Tyone or skipping him, and that's what they're going to do. they're going to have an innings limit on him, I imagine, throughout the year. So any time that they could skip him and give him that extra day, like in the beginning of the season, he won't start until the Orioles series. Cole will start, I think, what game two, and then possibly Tyone in game three against the Orioles, and I think that might be on Wednesday. So you know, anything that they can do to help out someone has had two Tommy Johns, they're going to be concerned about doesn't have a whole lot of innings under his belt, they'll try to skip him and and use, utilize that all-star break. I mean, because I think he's going to be a key member come time playoff time. You know the Yankees are going to make the playoffs and they're going to have to need him
0: at the end. And uh, this is something I texted you and our producer, Jake Brown, in a group text. It was... Right around the day that that Jay Bruce's decision needed to be made, where he could opt out, he gave the Yankees that 48-hour window where they were going to put him on the 40-man or they would give him his release and he could go sign with somebody else, and Luke Voigt gets hurt. Now, obviously, you don't want Luke Voigt to get hurt what he's meant to this team, but the fact that he got hurt and Jay Bruce now on the 40, to me, Jeff, the Yankees need that bat it's something that they've lacked. This is something we're going to talk about with Nick Swisher a little bit later. That left-handed power. I want to see Bruce, and he could get the at-bats at first base. He could give a corner outfield position a day off and get more at-bats that way. He's another one of those Swiss army knife type situations, and I want to see him with that short porch. Again, let me reiterate, I don't want to see Luke Voigt get hurt, but I just think that was a blessing in disguise to get Bruce on this roster.
2: I do. I agree with you, and I think they need left-handed power. You look at all the championship years, and they've left-handed power they haven't had it over the last few years i mean a lot well one world series in the last 20 years so between 2009 and now it's been a predominantly right-handed hitting team nothing against hicks because he's a switch hitter or gardner or talkman yes they can hit the ball the ballpark but they're not intimidating as far as hey if i make a mistake okay, they have a chance to hit it out. If you make a mistake against Jay Bruce or some of the big left-handed power, yeah, you're going to, you know, even good pitches, Jay Bruce could still hit out. Right-handed hitters, when you, you there's so many right-handed pitchers in the league, uh, you know, right-handed pitchers tend to salivate when they come in to a team and I don't care if it's the Yankees I don't care who it is they say hey I got a lot of righties you know I know I can get away with some mistakes and possibly take advantage of their aggressiveness I used to play against the Chicago White Sox and I used to pitch I'd go in there for a four-game series and I knew I was going to pitch all four days because that's all they had was right-handed hitters they had Ordonez, Canerico, Big Hurts you can go you, know, you can go on and on and, and they had right-handed hitting guys and I was like well I'm going to face these guys and probably throw 10 innings in four days so you knew that and but it, it plays to right-handed pitchers advantage they love it they say I can you know I bust them in and go away with the breaking ball and you've seen that a lot and having Jake Bruce in that lineup really mixes it up
0: all right Nelly it's prediction time Jake and I have our numbers locked in and uh, we're gonna let you lead off uh, I'll be in the on-deck circle and Jake will be batting third so what do you think for the Yankees this season we get hundred and six. this is assuming we get the 162 game season in I just saw a tweet out in Texas that their COVID numbers are down and they're 100% open and we're going to see 100% capacity yeah. at Rangers games. So assuming that we get this 162 games in, what's your prediction for the Yankees this season?
2: I They do win the division, but I'm going 94 and 68. I, I know it might be low, but it's just... Uh... To me, I think some things might happen in on the roster. And uh, you have Toronto. Uh, who knows about the Red Sox? I'm really not a... I don't think you're going to have to worry about them. And and even though the American League is down, I, I still think 94 wins. They win, they, they win the East, but they win it with 94.
0: I think the American League is down. As you said, uh, the Yankees have won at least 100 the past two seasons. Uh, 100, then 103. I, I think they get there again. I think it's 100 right on the nose and 62. They win. Win the AL East they win the American League. However, I do think they run into a buzzsaw either in the Dodgers or the Padres in the World Series. And I just don't think they get over the hump again. So I'm gonna be negative Nelly. Uh is, is Nelly gonna be positive Nelly? <laughs> oh, no, I think I think they
2: get to the World Series as well because I think they're the best team in the American League. I just think I think some things happen during the regular season that they may hit some speed bumps and but
0: do and, they uh, win? Do they win the world series?
2: That's gonna be something that you know, I think they obviously have a chance when they get there. Everybody has a chance. But I think you're right. The Padres and the Dodgers are, are right there with the with the Yankees and the rotation with the Dodgers is, is pretty nasty, and it's gonna be tough
1: to beat those guys.
0: I'm I'm waiting for Jake to jump in. And what about my Mets? I,
1: I so badly wanna say there's gonna be a subway series, World Series. And like <laughs> for to pump me up and to pump You know, on my show, Mets fans up. I want to say Mets, but looking at the Dodgers' starting rotation and their offense, I mean, how is anyone going to beat them? And the Padres, I'm a little bit more worried. They don't have the experience, but they're going to be right there as well. I think the Yankees win 95, and you know, I'm not going to be negative against the Yankees. I think they're good. I think their lineup's good. And Jay Bruce was bad with the Mets, and the uh, transitive property states that he'll be great with the Yankees because that's (laughs) how it works. That's that's just math. You come to the Mets, you suck. You go to the Yankees, you're good. And he's got the right field porch. I think he that could be big for him. So enjoy Jay Bruce. I liked him as a person. wasn't a great player here. didn't do well. But I think the Yankees win ninety five games, and kind of by default, because the American League is not great. I mean, we're talking about the White Sox in the conversation and the Blue Jays. That tells you a lot. So I think the Yankees win the AL and they lose to that Dodgers pitching staff. I think in a, in a series when you could see you know Kershaw and Bauer and those guys twice, and you know coming out of the bullpen in Game Sevens, I think the Dodgers uh, are going to end up repeating and beating the Yankees.
0: I think Daryl and Doc are the outliers there. Uh, they, they were they were good on both teams there, Jake. All right, Nellie uh, is at 94. Jake is at 95, and I'm at 100. I, I really do think the Yankees will get to 100 wins again. They've, they've had to deal with stuff the previous couple seasons, too, and they still got there. I don't see why there's any difference, especially with the American League down the way they are. We'll see if they could repeat what they did in 2009. And speaking of 2009, when the Yankees won their last World Series championship, it's our special guest for this week, Nick Swisher, who is a part of that 2009 title team. Joining us now, 2009 World Series champion. He spent four seasons with the Yankees from 09 to 2012. He was a 2010 All-Star. Remember that one well. He was holding a surfboard uh, for his vote. Special advisor to the Yankees, Senior Vice President, General Manager Brian Cashman. And you could follow him on Twitter. Nick Swisher, of course, at Nick Swisher and Instagram at your boy Swish. Uh, his wife, Joanna Garcia Swisher. You could check her out in Sweet Magnolias on Netflix. Swish, so cool to have you on. For our season preview show, what's up, brother?
3: Oh, baby, what an intro, man! That felt good, by the way. That felt nice. Although I was thinking to myself, twenty ten, I was like, "Damn, that was like (laughs) eleven years ago, man." (laughs) You know what I'm saying?
0: So I'm stoked to be on him. That was out in Anaheim, and I remember the whole thing with the vote back then was you in this awful Hawaiian shirt, and you were holding a (laughs) (laughs) surfboard. At that time, remember, like me and
3: Kevin Euclid, right? I mean, obviously at the time with the Boston Red Sox, you know, he was on that final vote as well. So it ended up kind of being a New York versus Boston situation. And I think for myself, and I was lucky enough, that we were at home for those days. So we were able to kind of pump it through the stadium and really kind of get things going. But at the end of the day, man, the fans got me in, and I couldn't thank them enough. It was something I'll never, ever forget. And just to being able to experience that, being around the best players in the game at that moment was such an honor for me, man. I was loving it, man. So excited, so blessed.
2: Yeah, you know, Swish, before we start asking baseball questions, I've been around, I played with one guy that never seemed to have a bad day, and that was Tim Raines. Every time he came in, he nothing but smiles. I'm like, even if he goes all for 4, you would never know it. How did the energy, I don't know if I've ever I, the first time I, I was able to be around you was at Old Timers Day a couple years ago, and, and you're welcome for giving you a cookie and letting you at the home run. <laughs> but it, still, it still haunts me right now. You know, I, I, it all, all of a sudden now, I'm a, I'm soft. I, I've become soft when I start laying stuff in for the guys so the fans can go crazy. But how did the energy, I mean, have you always just been, you, you know, so energetic and so happy and like nothing ever bothers you?
3: Yeah, you know, uh, I, I, I've, I've been pretty much this way from Jump Street, you know, Melly. I mean, come on, I me mean, You got to be you. That's kind of been my saying, right? And for the longest time, you know, it felt like I had to like justify ha- who I was, and and I and and people were always like, "No way, this guy's as happy as he is, or no way he has a smile on his face like he does." But at the end of the day, this is just me, man. Like I can roll. Yeah, out it's of not bed. a
2: gimmick. I mean, this is real. You're you're real. Yeah,
3: and so so for myself, man. I mean, I, I feel like the authenticity that I have is genuine right? I mean, I am who I am, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, but at the end of the day, man, it's a whole hell of a lot cooler having this energy at 40 years old than it was at like seven or eight. I can promise you that. <laughs> because <laughs> at that time, you're getting in trouble in school, right? Detention all the time for not being able to sit down. Oh, bro. So for myself, I'm, I'm, I'm happy uh, of where I am. I've got a beautiful wife. I've got beautiful daughters. I've got a great life, man. Why would I not want to wake up with a smile on my face every day?
0: They couldn't have said it any better myself uh, there, Swish. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on. And by the way, before we go any further, you deserve to be an All-Star in 2010. Uh, I, you know, the final vote was the final vote, but you had the numbers to be in that All-Star game. And before we start reminiscing about the last Yankees World Series championship, which you were a part of, big part of in 2009. that went over the Phillies. Let's talk about this year's team, Nick. And could this be the team in 2021 that finally breaks this drought and wins another title? Yeah. I mean, you know me, man. I, I believe pinstripes. I'm a homer,
3: right? I mean, I, I love my Yankees. And so for me, I'm always pushing for them. And I'm always you know, looking at them to, uh, to be successful each and every season. But then again, I look on the other side, and now I've got my analyst hat on a little bit as well. And I'm telling you, I think that if there is something that could hinder this team, that injury to Luke Boyd is a huge hole in the middle of that lineup. Listen, we're talking about a guy that's come over here to the New York Yankees, someone that I admire and look up to so much because – Luke is like me. You know, he came from another situation, came over to the Yankees, and from there just exploded and became this amazing player. And that's what that city can do for you. So Luke understands that. I think he's the one of, one of the heart and soul of the team. Uh, so I think if there is something that could hinder us holding us back, it, it'd be getting him back on the field. But then again, I look at the spring that Jay Bruce has had. The vet, I mean, the guy's got close to 300, home, uh, 300 and some home runs, if I'm not mistaken. This guy right there can slide in there, do his part. And at the back end of everything, man, bring it over the additions that we did with Corey Kluber, Tyone, those guys, being able for them to jump into the rotation, do what we need to do. Because let's be honest, I mean, we got no Tanaka anymore. I mean, that hurt my heart to see that guy lead. Because he was such a huge part of this organization for so many years, but now we've got guys that need to come in and fill their roles, right? Starting pitching has kind of always been the thing that the Yankees have talked about over the past couple of years. Because when you look at that offense one through nine, you can mask a lot of things. But at the end of the day, when you're out there on that mound, there's not a whole lot of hiding behind anything. So I think at the end of the day, I think the Yankees would be 2021 World Series champions. But at the end of the day, they got to go out and make it happen. Now,
2: Swish, you know, you look at the recent and the past championship teams, and you know obviously in the in the nineties when they were winning, they had a lot of left-handed power. 2009, you had guys had the same thing. You, you had Matsui, you had Teixeira. Uh, you had guys that be able to hit it out from the left side. That's something that Yankees have not had over the last few years. And I think maybe one of the strongest reasons why they haven't got to that next level and got to the World Series, it's really tough for a right-handed dominant team to go further in the playoffs because there's so many right-handed pitching in in baseball so adding Bruce how much how much does that help I know the injury to Voight really hurt but in some sense it helped out the Yankees making that decision saying hey we have to go with the veteran guy you still think he has something left in the tank that he can really help this team
3: oh yeah I mean well think of the roller coaster that Jay Bruce has been on over the last 72 hours right I mean All of a sudden, uh, every news outlet on the planet was saying that he wasn't going to make the team and he was going to be released. And then all of a sudden, Voight goes down. Now he's back on the team. But at the end of the day, you got to remember, man, Jay Bruce has been around a long time. I mean, this guy knows what he's doing. He knows who he is. Whatever situation you throw him in, he's going to be successful in it because he's a veteran. The funny thing that you're talking about is crazy because when you have a stadium that is built for left-handed batters, it seems, in a sense, that that would be the people that you would try to go after. But at the end of the day, all you know, our power guys, are thunder right-handed bats, right? Gary Sanchez, Giancarlo, Aaron Judge, Glaber Torres. Uh, I mean, you know, a uh, uh, Gio. I mean, I don't want to leave him out as well. Clint Frazier. I mean, come on. But I think at the end of the day, yeah, I don't look at the right-handed bats or the left-handed bats. I'm, I'm not really looking at those splits because Jeff. I mean, you can say this for anybody. If you're a starting pitcher and you're going up against the New York Yankee lineup in your mind, you're thinking I better not miss because any time that there's a chance that I might miss over the middle part of the plate, most of the time those balls are going to end up in the
0: seats. Nick, you, you brought up the starting pitching and Kluber and Tyone, they were good pickups, but they need to prove that they could uh, go through a season. I mean, you're, you're talking about Domingo Herman, who looked tremendous in uh, spring training, uh, Corey Kluber, and also, Jamison Tyone between the three of them last year they threw one inning and that was Kluber's one inning in Texas as a ranger before he had to come out of the game with that shoulder problem uh, that he needed surgery for so you're talking about three guys in the starting rotation that threw a combined one inning last year how much does that concern you
3: not really a concern just a question mark right I mean listen man Corey Kluber's got two Cy youngs to his name bro he's got he's got two plaques right, <laughs> right? at the end of the like that guy's not you know that guy's not uh in my mind just because he didn't pitch last year there might be a little bit of a question mark but listen me and Corey go way back to Cleveland right like I was making phone calls to this guy this off season trying to get him over here I mean this guy right here knows what he is and if we're talking about a New York Yankee, and having mound presence, then the Kluvat is the guy that we wanted to have over here. Listen, he's still got some stuff left in the tank, 100%. And think about Ty Young. Not only the amazing story of being overcome everything he had cancer-wise, but then going down with Tommy John and coming back. What an amazing comeback story. It's like you want to root for somebody like that. There's something that happens when you put on the New York Yankee pinstripe jersey, and Nelly can tell you this for a fact. It's like you know exactly what that jersey means. You understand the pride, the passion, the tradition that goes in and the honor that you have to put that jersey on each and every day. So I think those guys know exactly the opportunity that they have right there in front of them. And not only that, think about, you know, Garrett Cole bringing over Tyone. There's a a familiarity with each other. Coming over to New York is not an easy thing. So being able to have a buddy, that's huge for Tyone, no doubt but as well as uh, Corey Kluber. I mean, the guy's been around the game for a long time. He knows what he's doing. And then also with everything with, you know, Herman, I mean, working on himself, trying to become a better person, as well as trying to be a great pitcher. So I think those three guys right there, if they're not, for me, they're just a little bit of question marks. But at the end of the day, I know that the talent is there for those guys to succeed and do everything that they need to do for the 2021 season.
2: Well, you know, Swiss gave me a good segue as far as putting on that pinstripes and the expectations that putting on the pinstripes and what it means in the history and everyone, uh, you know, behind you that have worn that uniform. I'm going to go with Gary Sanchez and, you know, I think he's a terrific talent. I think he has a chance to become one of the best catchers in the game. I think he's got a great arm. He, He can hit the ball out of the ballpark. I think a lot has gotten to his head, I think, uh, you know, just he's so mental, you you know, what do you think about him this year, he's really, uh, you know, he started out well in spring and then over his last couple weeks, he's really struggled, and it seems like that mental part is starting to get to him again
3: Yeah, you know what, I mean, I haven't gotten a chance to be around Gary this year, Uh, you know, I've hit him up on Instagram, but we've texted a little bit Uh, So I haven't really gotten a chance to see him. I haven't gotten a chance to be able to give him a hug, give him some love. So, you know, I don't know exactly where he is. But at the end of the day, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. The potential for him to be one of the best catchers in the game has always been there. I think it's all about now the execution that went into it. Listen, this offseason, man, he put some work in, right? He looks like he's in shape. He was playing winter ball all offseason. So think about the strides that he's making. Now let's also talk about the fact that Gary Sanchez has had, what, four or five different catching coaches in the entirety that he's been over there with the Yankees. So at the end of the day, you're asking somebody to do a lot, not only on the offensive side, but the defensive side as well. I remember when he first came up to the league, you're right, offensively and defensively, man, he was a stud, throwing people out, blocking balls, being the catcher that everybody thought he could, as well as hitting the home runs for power. But at the end of the day, man, you know, when people open up that book and they're like, oh, okay, now we know how to get Gary Sanchez out. I think it chill. He can make a couple of little adjustments, right? Because at the end of the day, that guy just needs to make contact. He's like Judd. He makes contact. The balls out of the ballpark. The just power that that man has is unbelievable. I just think for him, understanding and understanding the role that he's in to just chill and relax and know the player that he is. I think when you struggle in New York, it can be brought to your attention very quickly, and sometimes you lose a little confidence in yourself. So I think the only thing that I would want to tell Gary is let him know, hey brother, you're our guy. You're our catcher. Go out there. Be the guy that we know you can be. Because at the end of the day, man, giving somebody that slap on the butt or that big hug can definitely propel guys in the right direction. I think Gary is our guy. I love having Higgy as our backup. I think he's amazing as well. But at the end of the day, when you put Gary Sanchez in the batter's box, whether he's hitting 100 or he's hitting 300, he is a threat. So I think at the end of the day, man, we have that murderer's row lineup set up. It's just all about going out and executing.
0: I think we need to develop a Nick Swisher energy drink and maybe give that to Gary.
3: <laughs> and maybe
0: that'll help him in the 2021 season. But uh, of course, I'm just kidding. But Nick, I mentioned that you're a special advisor to Yankees General Manager Brian Cashman. What do you do in that role with uh, Cash?
3: Are you kidding me, bro? It's like the greatest blessing that someone could ever have, right? It's like you're brought back to the family. You're brought back to the party. I still get to keep that jersey on, as a matter of fact, for myself. I go to intake testing on Thursday. Uh, I'm one of the guys I'm able to go down to our minor league spring training and to be with those guys and to help them and to further their careers. Because at the end of the day, man, those are the guys that I want to work with, right? I love working with the young kids, pumping them up, letting them know maybe a few things that are going to happen to them that they may not know. Listen, we've got an unbelievable organization and we've got an unbelievable minor league situation, right? With Kevin Reese running our show, for myself, I'm just blessed to be able to be there, help coach these guys along. Because I've said it and I've been very open about this. I'm not quite sure when, but at some point, man, I'm going to be back in that dugout as a manager, doing something, being part of this game. And for myself... To be able to have this amazing, blessed relationship that I do with the Yankees, I want to do everything I can to learn from some of the best, right? Brian Cash has been a general manager in the game for 20-plus years in in the biggest market in the world, and he's done it with grace and elegance, and I'm I'm able to learn from a guy like that, as well as somebody from Aaron Boone. Listen, man, I've been able to watch this guy for the last four years, watch him do his thing, right? You're not successful in the game just by chance. You're successful because you know how to do it. And so, for myself to be able to learn from guys that are better than me is only going to help me in my future as well.
2: So, wow, Swish, So, you you really want to manage? You, I mean, do you see yourself starting in the minor leagues, or, or you know, possibly doing some interviews around the big leagues if there's ever an opening?
3: Yeah, I think at the end of the day, man, I think a lot of all this boils down to communication, right? I think where analytics have really drawn uh, the game of baseball, man, it's about being able to pump your guys up each and every day, getting them getting them to have that same passion about the game that you do and just finding out, you know, what sort of analytics can help guys and make their game better. Listen, right now there's a lot of information out there. And I think that, you know, I think the one thing the Yankees do such a great job of is using those analytics to help further guys' careers and help make them better. So for myself, being able to learn all the ins and outs of the game, still learning how analytics can play the, the, the best part in players' games. Uh, is always fun for me, man, because at the end of the day, if you're not learning anything, why are you still doing it? I've got too much of a love, I've got too much of a passion for this to stop. I love the grind. I love being part of the New York Yankee organization, and I'm just going to keep going with it, man. I'm going to keep loving on it and trying to enjoy every minute, man, because you never know when it's going to end.
1: Hey, it's Jake here, and uh, I would love to see that, uh, the energy on the sidelines. It'd be like the Jets' new coach, Robert Sala. He's a big clapper. He's always (laughs) hyping people up. (laughs) You'll you'll be the Robert Sala of Major League Baseball when that happens. (laughs) But I was actually looking in the archives. I was trying to find your stats versus Nelly. Nelly, besides old-timers day, did you ever face Swish? In the
3: big leagues, in your final few years?
2: No, I don't think so. Switch. When was your first year?
3: Uh, so I came up 04, August in 4 Don't worry, I, I remember Jeff Nelson, bro. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, because I, I my appreciate. last year was
2: '06, but I don't know if I ever. I don't know if I ever faced Switch.
3: Let's we'll check it out because I do remember. Maybe in a spring training game or something. Maybe when you were with the Mariners yeah Uh when you were in oakland that was 05 maybe
1: yeah well well i pulled i pulled up the highlight of the old timers day we'll we'll listen in here courtesy of yes network to the clip of nick swisher (laughs) taking (laughs) jeff nelson into the second deck uh june 2018
2: we did say the bombers were loaded swisher out to right towering drive will it reach the seats oh second deck come on
1: Oh, Nellie, you gave him a meatball, a little cookie. That's what the fans want to see. These hitters get chapped at me
2: for throwing too hard. Say, oh, don't throw so hard. Now they bring in these young bucks. Swish could still play. It's not fair. He took advantage of an old man.
3: <laughs> you guys are fanning the fire right now. I know what
0: you're doing. <laughs> Stir in the pot, Swish. Stir in the pot.
3: I don't want- I don't want to upset that big man, bro. No way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see what happens the next time Swisher faces Nelson in another old timer no yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm walk him. Going I'm gonna walk. Are there <laughs> walks still? The uh, a
1: slider load in, coming for the kneecaps. Watch out!
3: <laughs> that's awesome, man. By the way, I mean Nelly, how much fun did we have at those days, man? I mean, those days are so amazing, and the fact that the Yankees do that each and every year, I mean, that's why. That's why, the, that's why the organization is where it is, right? That's why the camaraderie is where it is, and that's why the passion, that pride, that tradition, that honor. Man, come on, bro. You know, no other team does it like that in the big league. So to be able to be invited to something like that is such a blessing each and every year because not everybody can show up. You have to be invited to go to Old Timer's Day, and it's such a blessing and an honor to do that.
2: Yeah, it is. You know, and, hopefully they have one this year. I don't know if they're going to or not. It might be
3: 2022. Mm-hmm. I know, man. This, this whole – uh this COVID thing has really put a damper on a lot of things, man, for real.
1: I'm just waiting on my Mets to have an old-timers day. We're going to have Bobby Bonilla still getting paid and playing center field on <laughs> old-timers day.
3: And, now, uh, Bobby Bonilla making a million dollars a year playing center field. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know if he'll be able to move. Oh, God. We're going to have Sayoshi Shinjo in right field and uh, Kaz at second. We're going to have Benny Akbat. We're going to have a whole team of obscure bets.
3: He's going to come back? Let's
1: go, bro. <laughs> Dirk Windell.
0: Nick, Nick I, got, I got one more serious one before we wrap up and let you go here. In 2009, and I thought it was very poignant that you brought up that you're just like Luke Voigt because it is a, a, a very good comparison because Greg Bird was supposed to be the first baseman of the future. And Voight came over here from a bad situation in St. Louis. Brian Cashman pretty much plucked him out of there. And he became the Yankees starting first baseman. Uh, Xavier Nady was supposed to start in right field in 2009. He gets hurt. And you get thrust into the starting lineup. And around June, I think it was June or July 2009, you guys were, you know, I don't think you were in first place, but there was a home run hit by uh, Francisco Cervelli down in Atlanta. That seemed to rally you guys and send you on your way. What was it? This is what I want to know. What was it in that clubhouse, especially around that time? What did you all find at that moment to propel you to that title run?
3: Well, by the way, you don't have to tell me about that story with Xandrew Davy bro. I know how blessed I was to be able to be on that field. Listen, X drove in 100 the year before. I think he hit like 28 home runs the year before. Dude, X is amazing. You know, it just so happened that he got banged up with the elbow. And I was able to jump in there. And I'm telling you, man, New York City does something to a player. You either play better or you play worse. And for myself, the love and the passion and the energy that that city has, man, I fed off of that. And Luke did as well. That's why I feel for him so much. I know the type of player he is. I know how much it means to him. But branching back to 2009, if I'm not mistaken, I think that was Servey's first home run, if I'm not mistaken. Left center, it was a missile. But I remember we did that. But I also think after that series, that was when Brian Cashman came down and had a nice little chat with us. And most people thought Cash Kit would come in there and just chew everybody out and let them know that we needed to make changes in the whole nine. But really what the conversation was about was a reiteration of exactly knowing who's in that locker room and being able to know who each other were. Listen, you put a br- almost a brand new team together with all the new faces. It took us a while to gel together, even with the core four. It took us a minute to jump in there and get going. But at the end of the day, knowing who every person in that locker room was, everybody in that locker room knew their role, whether they were the starter or the first guy off the bench or the first guy coming out of the bullpen we knew what we had to do to be successful. And any time you have guys like Derek here and Mariano Rivera and like Pettit and Posada and Rod, I mean, like, come on, we have leaders like that in a locker room, baby, the season is going to be successful. I can promise you that because those guys know how to win and we were blessed to have them at the front of our ship leading the
2: way. Now, rumor has a swish that you accidentally hit Nady on the elbow with a bat. <laughs> no, I'm,
0: kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. What do you mean? I was living with him at the time. I was living with him. him and his um, family.
3: I was sleeping on their couch at
0: the time. <laughs> Nick, Tanya Harding, Swisher. <laughs> no, you know what? You know what, Nick? You, you, you say you fed off the fans. The fans fed off you, but the Yankees didn't miss a beat. When, when X went down, you stepped in and you did a hell of a job and you're one of the main reasons why the Yankees carried themselves through the regular season into the postseason and lifting that trophy at the end. And, Nelly, I, I got to spin this to you really quick. What what Swish just said about everyone knowing their role it sounds a lot like those teams in the 90s that you were on there, buddy.
2: Oh, it absolutely was because everybody knew their role. But, Swish, I, real quick, I want to ask you, being in right field, what did it mean for roll call? You were right there. You, you know, that, that was oh, a special for everyone. The
3: Before Swisher the record, Salute. Like, that's it, baby. You know it. You know it. By the way, man, us outfielders, we hey, we were on that, man. You had you had Johnny Damon doing his point, and you know, and, and left field, you had Curtis doing his thing. Guardy flexing out there. I'm saluting people, and then you got the guys on the infield just like waving to people. We we're like, <laughs> oh, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like. You got to make it a little more interesting than that, bro. You know what I mean? Because there's no place in sports that does it like that, man. So for myself, you know my love for the bleacher creatures. I mean, those are my people. So to be able to have them right in my back pocket, standing there right behind me, I felt like I had an army behind me each and every game. So... It was an amazing place to be there, right field. Judgey can tell you about that. Man, he knows that feeling.
0: All right, Nick Swisher, 2009 World Series champion, once again special advisor to Yankees GM Brian Cashman and senior vice president. By the way, you can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Swisher and Instagram at your boy And don't forget his wife, Joanna Garcia Swisher. Season two of Sweet Magnolias on Netflix. When's it dropping, there, Nick, or is it dropped already? Yeah, well, as a matter of fact, they are just
3: getting ready to start up the season. They start filming next week. It should be coming out hopefully around November, maybe uh, middle to late November, I think is when season two should be dropping.
0: Swish, I, I can't tell you how well, much. Oh, Swish, I need an
2: Instagram follow, by the way. Well, I mean, I'm following you.
3: <laughs> Where's you. the love, my brother? I got you. Brother? I'm, I'm on it, baby. I'm on it. I got you, brother. I got you, baby. I appreciate you guys having me on, man. I always have a blast chatting with you guys. Talking ball is easy with y'all, man, no doubt.
0: Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Swish. I appreciate Swish. it. Joining us for the first time in 2021 is our good friend of the program, New York Post longtime baseball columnist, Ken Davidoff. Follow Ken on Twitter, at Ken Davidoff, of course, and read his stories in the post and at nypost.com. Kenny, uh, thank you. Welcome to 2021. And hopefully, buddy, we get this 162 games in this season. It's great to see you guys. You guys are no worse for the wear, unlike me. (laughs) (laughs) you're looking good buddy uh let's start with this the first Aaron Boone press conference I have to say if he was still manning the hot corner you know he hits it there were some hard ground balls hit his way by reporters asking him pretty much about the most glaring question marks on his team heading into the spring and that was the starting rotation now that we're you know basically at the last game of spring training where do you see that starting rotation now, Ken? Well, certainly they've provided
4: a lot of uh, reason for encouragement and little reason for discouragement at this juncture. I mean, Cole has been Cole. Domingo Herman has been fantastic, and he, I think, to his credit, he uh, expressed accountability for what happened. I, I think he's in a better place with his teammates. Uh, Jamison Tion is quite good, and. They're starting him, you know, they're going to give him a little uh, rest here before starting him. And then uh, Kluber has not uh, looked as good, but I I didn't, I missed his last start, but his, even his, next, his prior start at the Tigers, I was just impressed with the way he battled. So look, we'll, we'll see, right? I mean, there's still huge question marks around this rotation, but really spring training couldn't have gone much better.
0: Ken, you you wrote about this, and, and I wanted to pick your brain. I mean, we're not going out on a very shaky ledge here or a very shaky branch, but you, you had a conversation with Brett Gardner on Zoom about just this team staying healthy. And I think if this team stays healthy, and they did most of spring training, and, you know, the fruits of Eric Cressy may start to pay off in this 2021 season, That I guess that's the hope and that's the prayer of every Yankee fan and, and uh, Aaron Boone as well.
4: But they're going to have to pay off, right? I mean, that this team built itself on the idea that they will stay healthy. You don't, you don't sign Corey Kluber for eleven million dollars, which I'm still shocked about. You, you don't trade four guys for Jamison Tyone. Uh, you don't, once again, go back to the well on Judge, on Stanton, uh, unless you think uh, you're going to be able to keep these guys on the field.
2: Yeah, Ken, I mean, if they stay healthy, they're probably the best team in baseball, you know, right there with the Dodgers, and, you know, that's exciting. I mean, you lose Britain. You're going to have Chapman out for the first two games because he still has to serve that suspension, so that kind of backs up the bullpen. You kind of hope you don't have a closer situation in any of those two games because then you have Green, you have, you know— he probably is the ninth-inning guy for at least the first two first two games. Uh, but on paper, you know, if they stay healthy and they can keep Stanton and Judge and Hicks in this lineup, Torres is just, I think this guy is going to have a monster year. Uh, you know, he's had a great spring training. I think he's he's going to have a monster year for the Yankees. they got to be the best team in baseball. I, I, right out there with the
4: Dodgers. I agree, Nelly. I mean, I, uh, the injuries, uh, health is the key. But, yeah, as, as we start now, just uh, when you look at the roster depth, and the, ro- the ceiling of the guys on the roster, I, I agree with you.
0: What about the bullpen at the beginning of the season especially, Ken? How, how uh, concerned are you with the loss of Wilson, with the loss of Britain, as they break camp
4: here? I'm not concerned, Chris, because I don't really care. But uh, <laughs> uh, 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 should the Yankees be concerned? I think really let's see how long Wilson is out for. I think it's pretty obvious he's going to start the year on the injured list, but he is throwing now. So if this is a 7-10 to 10 day thing and he's back – and then you're really just talking no Britain. They're built to withstand the loss of one key guy. You know, then when you get the two key guys, then it gets a little more interesting. Yeah, I thought Nick Nelson uh, looked good, uh, no relation to Jeff, uh, in spring training. And uh, yeah, I, I I think the bullpen has to rank him on their lower concerns.
0: That's baby That's babyface Nelson. That I you. know <laughs> of.
4: No relation that I know of yet. The, <laughs> <imagination>.
2: <laughs> the DNA test has not come out yet. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I, you look at the bullpen, and and I think, for me, I mean, Britain's not going to be here until probably mid-May because uh, even though it's a bone chip, he really didn't have any spring training. Uh, you have Chapman, who who actually looked pretty nasty yesterday, he just got banged up one time in spring training. Uh, to me, because early, you're going to have the pitch counts with some of the starters. Obviously, Kluber is not going to be up to 80, 85, and maybe a five-inning guy. You're going to need long guys. Sessa... Cess so is a question mark for me. He's really struggled in spring, struggled again yesterday. Uh, he may have uh, had himself at the alternate site after yesterday's game. You have Loise who can throw innings. You have Nelson that can throw innings. Michael King looked really good, ex- except his last start last Thursday. Uh, you know, it's, it is it is a little bit of a concern to me. You know, I think Wilson, now this is what I've heard and I heard yesterday, the reason why they're not setting the roster is they think that he could actually be ready for opening day. I mean, he's going to throw, and if everything goes well today, and then I'm sure he's going to throw again before probably maybe Wednesday uh, to see if he's going to be ready for Thursday, because otherwise they would have to add – Litke to the roster and I don't know if he'll he'll wind up making the team but you know the bullpen in, in some ways is a little concerned you're you're missing especially the first two games you're missing some key members out of that bullpen and Chapman is going to be out too and then
4: also uh, Britton who's going to be out and he's a key guy talking about the first week yes I, I agree they're going to be a little light especially with the Chapman suspension I, I assess it out of options I'm, I'm pretty certain so he I don't think he'd be an alternate site guy. I think he's going to have to make this team. Yeah. And then uh, Jonathan LaWise guy, he continues to intrigue me. He's hes just got uh, killer stuff. Uh, so, yeah, look, again, if uh, I, we know Chapman's going to be suspended, we'll see with Wilson. Maybe he'd be limited even if he's on the team. So, yeah, if you're talking about the first few games. Yes. But I I think there's a lot of depth here, and I I think uh, really uh, for a long time now, the Yankees bullpen has has been a strength, and I'd be surprised if that wasn't the case again.
0: Well, those are some of the challenges within the team. Ken, who do you think presents the biggest competition, the biggest challenge to the Yankees in the American League? In the American
4: League, I I think the White Sox are just stacked. You know, I I think the White Sox are kind of the equivalent of the Padres on the other side, Uh, just athletic and deep and a team that kind of did your standard teardown or tank and uh, and built up through trades, through drafts. And they had a big blow last week with Eloy Jimenez, uh, but I still think they have a ton of talent. So I, I think uh, they they intrigue me a lot. Toronto Blue Jays, as we know, really ramped up this winter off of an impressive 2020. Uh, you can't rule out the Tampa Bay Rays, but I think a lot has to go right. For them to, to repeat as AL champions, uh, particularly in the, in the bullpen side and, and the starting rotation. So those are the teams that interest me the most.
2: Yeah, I would agree with you. You know, they're catching Toronto probably at the right time. There's no Kirby Yates. He's going to be out for the whole year. You're going to miss Robbie Ray, you know, after falling down the stairs, with carrying his kid, and hopefully his kid was okay. And then and then you're going to probably not have Springer. I mean, Springer with a grade two, what, oblique strain, He's going to be out. So they're actually catching him at a, at a decent time in the beginning of
4: the year. You're right no I agree uh but you know when you're talking about the the marathon the 162 I the Blue Jays still intrigue me because they, they were really good last year just with that homegrown core they have with all the Hall of Famer sons. You know, and uh, and if Ryu stays healthy, he's a legit number one. And I just think they have a lot going on, even despite their recent setbacks.
0: All right, Ken, Nelly and I are going to give our predictions that you know we looked into our crystal ball and came up with numbers. Everyone gets so excited about predicting uh, how baseball seasons are going to go or football or basketball or whatever. So, let's get your take on the Yankees this season give us a win total do they get to the World Series do they win the World Series what do you think about this team this year
4: well uh you're putting me a little of a spot here Chris because uh, you know I we, we have our baseball preview section coming out Wednesday but this is a, a post product in and of itself so I guess I can fill the beans and I also have my Twitter stick where I reveal the <laughs> yes. win totals we'll
0: see it all season long so <laughs> yes
4: so I do I do think they'll win the American League East and I think I do not have them winning the pennant and Really just kind of, I do wonder whether it becomes a mental block with these guys. You know, it reminds me of the Washington Nationals. You know, all those years were in the playoffs and could not get over the hump. And obviously, the, the Nationals eventually did. Uh, but that's that was my primary motivation in not picking them to make the World Series.
0: Ken, thank you so much. We appreciate the time. We look forward to talking to you throughout the season and to see those, those tweets with the numbers that the <laughs> Yankees are going to have this year. I know we'll see that more than once. Thanks, Pat. We appreciate. Thanks, it. Thanks, guys. Have a good season. That says goodnight to episode forty, the Luis Severino edition. Can't wait till he gets back on the bump of the Strike Pod Hour Yankees podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown and Brian Moon Gia. For producing the show, give Pinstripe Pod a five-star rating and write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate the support. For Jeff Nelson, I'm Chris Sheeran. We'll be back Monday and Thursday next week as we do two shows a week. Enjoy the Yankees' first three games of the season against the Blue Jays. Thanks for listening, everyone.